0: Good morning again, Toronto. It is 8.05. I am your guest host, Glenn Vergonier. Thank you very much for joining me once again. If you've heard the voice, that should be the giveaway. I'm not Ben Mulrooney. He is with his family and loved ones in Florida after the passing of his father, Brian Mulrooney. We have been in touch with Ben. He wants to say to everybody who sends their love to thank you and he loves you all back. He will be back soon, but for now, we're going to let him be with family and friends and we will let you know more of details when we know them. Canada is finally catching up when it comes to online safety. And I'm saying that, and not it's a good thing, but we are woefully behind on getting all of these privacy concerns, these issues when it comes to money coming in, who actually owns your data, who is looking at what, and really how hate is spread over online. It's become a problem. I get it that it's really, um, it's a Sisyphean task to police the internet. I get that. But there have been very little attempts in one of the big issues now, it's not all this bill is about, but a big one is the dissemination of hate and the access that children have to extreme graphic and pornographic materials. There are ways we are introducing this. A new couple of bills have been introduced. One of them is Bill C three uh, sorry, is Bill C63 or the Online Harms Act. You've probably heard a lot about this over the past couple of days about how it could affect your data, how it could affect your privacy, how much the government would have control over what you see and do. And realistically, there was a lot of worries that you could be charged or arrested before even committing a crime, almost like a minority report thing. There was a weird, not predeterminism, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, preemptive strike, that's it. And we all know throughout all history, whether it's fiction or fact, preemptive strikes always go over well. There's never been a time it hasn't, right? Like the war in Afghanistan went over great, right? Yeah, yeah. So a preemptive strike to attack people for committing crimes before they commit them is truly the storyline of a dystopia. And that's terrifying. The good news is that may not be just the case. They may not be able to just grab information willy-nilly and charge you without gaining any of the proper information. Once again, it's something that I think is good and bad, but the long and short here is People were really concerned because in the bill, when it's still you know being worked out and ironed out, there was a stipulation that essentially police would just be able to get your IP address if it was seen that you were spreading, well, essentially hate. There was more to it, but let's just stick with that. But in the positive bit of news, and this is where our judicial system sometimes really does come through. So to every justice on the Supreme Court, congratulations, you did great. Well, at least the five who ruled in favor, the other four. Go take a nap. But essentially, in a 5-4 ruling in favor of privacy, the Supreme Court asserted that there are charter-protected privacy rights when it comes to police just getting your IP address, meaning they need a warrant before they can get your IP address, which is great because police have this tactic where they essentially say they're getting basic information for an investigation. They actually have a term for it that slips the mind. Ah, here it is. They call it basic subscriber information. And that is not just basic stuff. That's your name, your IP address, your physical address, your telephone number. I don't know about you. That's not basic. That is borderline invasive and (laughs) very essential information. But essentially, they need a warrant to get this data now. Not saying they can't get it. The actual Supreme Court justices, they clarify vehemently that police can still obtain your IP address if they can get a warrant because there is actual reason to believe you are committing what is awful content online essentially and that was one of the big stipulations of these definitions so i want to actually play a little clip here from our justice minister arif verani, uh, verani sorry i'll let the clip explain itself and we're going to dissect it in a second so can you play that for me Is that we want to work with the platforms very clearly, but we also want to send a clear message that the financial profit imperative that is guiding their behaviours cannot be the sole imperative. There has to be a safety of Canadians imperative that is equally valid and that is equally prioritised. And that is what we are emphasising with those penalties. Mohit Rajan, are you there? Can you hear me? I,
1: I am. I am. Good, All morning, right. good morning.
0: Good morning. I kind of went off in a little bit of a rant there. I'm not sure how much of you caught, but we've been uh, just talking about the new changes, at least, or the updates to the Online Harms Act. So tell us what you know about this, Bill, because you know more than I do,
1: and you can definitely explain it a little bit clearer than I can i do appreciate the fact that it can seem a little bit confusing especially to anyone who is interested or not interested so on one hand many of us use social media so Mm -hmm. we understand that there is a definite you know uh, talk around the fact that there's some great parts about it and there's some not great parts and most of us can stay away from the not great parts but the truth is as a digital native generation that's emerging right now social media companies are very active in the youth market and They've been able to go unscathed in being able to cultivate their audiences and create these algorithms and do so much that it's gotten to a point where we're beyond being uh, able to let them go unpoliced. Mm. And so the government has introduced this bill essentially to stop and say, via social media apps, they will definitely be reprimanded and they will um, be, be removed from social media apps if they do not adhere to certain standards. The standards are obviously in the news right now. We're speaking more specifically about things like sexual exploitation mm-hmm. and we're speaking things about revenge porn. Those yeah. are the headline grabbing things. But I'll be honest with you, the, there's a lot in this bill that has specifically about ideas that have, we've been talking about for a decade now. So I don't know if we're actually uh, moving far, too far, too fast yet.
0: And see, that's my question because too far, too fast. But for the past decade, we've been talking about creating these safeties and social media is now a mainstay in essentially life in Canada. What took so long for laws like this and protections like these to come into place? Was it that we just didn't have a fundamental understanding of the Internet that we do now? Was it that we had to wait for social media to mature to what it is today? Or did our politicians just drag their feet because they didn't think this was an
1: issue? Oh, you know what? All of those are valid points. I think the general digital literacy amongst a strong group of people that are usually—I well, mean, politicians that are usually incentivized by working with big corporations—that that's where this goes wrong. Because we haven't been the country where a lot of digital innovation has started, mm. and so Canada has been very reactive when it comes down to legislation. Okay. The second thing. Second thing is not all social media is the same. It's not like the CRTC where every station has a certain standard, they've got television breaks, et cetera, et cetera. Social media companies pop up in all different forms in Canada. It's not just the major players. In fact, there are so many niche social media apps in Canada. What are you going to do to police them in the equal standard in which that they've created communities and are promoting vulgarity and or hate speech? What we're missing in this is we're missing the fact that all social media companies need to adhere to some sort of relevance of doing business in this country. And our country needs to put those rules to those social media companies to say, listen, if you don't exercise on this digital citizenship, all the things, everything from privacy, right to removal, then you are going to be removed from being able to do business in our country. That has to be the only way. Otherwise, you silo yourself into a place where you're never going to be able to actually flourish with the social media that's good in this country. Because social media does create a large sense of community and connection for people. So my question here now is, does this bill actually
0: have the teeth need, and sorry, we're getting close to a time, so I'm just going to need to keep this as brief as possible. And I'm sorry we have to do that, but... Does this bill have the teeth to actually hold these companies who are some of the largest companies that have ever existed in humanity to account? Or is this going to be something that's a little bit more of political theater?
1: Unfortunately, it's both. The answer is it's going to be the beginning of a lot of uh, uh, problems because monitoring it or even at the board level for for provinces is going to be tough. Mm. And I think what we're going to see is this is a great scare tactic, a great public relations move on behalf of the government, but we need to have bipartisan legislation at the table, people at the table every year updating this sort of information.
0: So final, very quick point. You're saying that something like this will have to be updated
1: Yearly or biannually to actually be relevant, or can we just do it one? No, oh, uh, what we are not even, we haven't even started talking about how deep faith technology completely nullifies so many aspects of this bill. We need to update this every six months. We need to update this with all of the new things that these companies are putting out every day. You know how many notifications I get from my sphere about the new, you know, add-ons to various social media things? I I, it's I a- know. It's,
0: it's a problem. I'm sorry, Mohit. We're just really okay, no running problem. short on time here. I really want to thank you. All you've done here is show me that, yeah, we're not close to pr- the protection we need yet, and this bill is just a start. So you've made me happy and then brought me right down. That's a weird feeling for a Saturday morning, but thank you i guess well have a great day <laughs> you as well thank you very much that was mohit rajan he's a tech and media consultant with think smart think start sorry ca